Hey everybody, welcome to Real Nerds. I am Ryan. To my left is Brad. Talkmonger. To my right is Dude, that was mean. <laughs> I'm really afraid if I say my name that Ryan's gonna say Why something can't bad. Badgemonger or something. That's <laughs> Talkmonger. Oh. He attacks. Hate the, you, Ryan Frost. <laughs> he attacks the Vag like Pac-Man. And to my right is that's a horrible image. No, I'm done. This is I'm out. Here I go. He's Sma- just jealous because he's not the Vag Master. <laughs> <laughs> and to my right is James Jimmy Hart. Oh. Do you know there was a wrestling manager in the '80s named Jimmy Hart? He uh, managed the Hart Foundation with Bret the Hitman Hart and George the Anvil. When uh, when my dad named well when my folks named me and my dad was really excited to call me Jimmy Hart because he thought it was a really good name for somebody running for president. Nice. Um, and he's, why he's going to be disappointed when I ever? Why did you never embrace the Jimmy part or the Jim? What do you just think James sounds more professional? No, or no, just, no one like, ever called me Jim, and so I don't like being called Jim because it's not my name. Good man. Now you know. You know what? Uh, I have this weird thing where girls, if they call me Rai Rai, bothers me. If it's not because you're used to tiny children calling yeah, you exactly. Rai Rai, yeah. So, I, or like, I don't mind if my wife calls me up, but it's like some chick on the street. You know, she's <laughs> okay. Okay, let's say, let's say, me and Lunchbox here walking down the street, right? And I and this girl across the street's like, "Ooh, there's Rai Rai." I'm like, "Don't call me Rai Rai." I don't know where that joke was going. It was terrible. All right, so copying a movie. Random, yeah. random yeah, hookers walking down it. the street shouldn't call Ryan Rai Rai. Please don't. Okay. Well, now that we've got the information <laughs> out there, yes, in the ether, it's out there. Brad looks like he's really excited to be in this week's episode. No, I'm just trying to find a but, com- comfortable position on this seat. Well, uh, well, yeah. we need to get you a better chair for your uh, your glass cage. Yeah. I know. I mean, your we've sound been, room. We've been making so much money on this free podcast that you think we could afford a better chair for you to sit in. <laughs> yeah, right? uh, no. Anyways, this this will get Brad perked up. Hey, Brad, what is our box office numbers for last week? Oh, oh fuck! He doesn't even have it ready. Oh gosh, he had one job to do. <laughs> the iPhone has to open first. You guys were vamping. For it's so not long. even a flip <laughs> phone. It's 2012. It doesn't have to open. It has a screen that you have to unlock. Oh gosh, you were so dick. <laughs> okay, number one last week was Safe House with $27 million. You mean no one is safe? So, yes, no one is safe <laughs> Okay, from Safe you know, House. You know who the least safe person is? Denzel Ryan Washington. Reynolds. Or is it Denzel? Well, is Ryan Reynolds oh, less right. safe because Denzel's in, his, in the movie with him because Denzel's a loose cannon? I don't know. Uh, Chris Pine got it out of Denzel movie pretty, pretty well. He so. did. Probably Denzel is less safe. Yeah, because the only reason um, Chris Pine got out is because Denzel was unstoppable. Mm, that movie was awesome. Anyway, what happened last week? <laughs> Number two was The Vow with $20, $26 million. And our vow of never seeing it is still hit, holding up pretty well. Is that a movie? Journey 2, um, Something Dreams, Mysterious Island. Uh, <laughs> Something Dreams. $25 million. Uh, <laughs> The movie we saw last week was in fourth place. Ghost Rider, twenty-five million. Oh, I forgot we saw that. That's a, you know, for first week coming in fourth. That's that can't be good, right? No, it's not. Well, no, I read it costs like fifty-seven million dollars to make, so they'll Ugh. probably make it back eventually. Which, which means we could see another Ghost Rider. Internationally, oh yeah, we'll I'm see. Sure we'll see it. another Ghost Rider. Yeah, it just won't. Be, it won't be Neville and Taylor or Nicolas Cage. And Ugh. this Let's means hope. war uh, rounded out the five with twenty million. What's this? What's this means war? Spy versus spy. Oh, spy against spy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that is the box office figures for last week. And nothing surprising. Yeah, nothing really that 
Except for how bad Ghost Rider did. Actually, I wasn't that surprised because, I mean, the Ghost Rider, I don't think the first one was so well-loved that people no. were chomping at the bit to see the next yeah. one. And the trailer, the trailers only appealed to Neville Dean and Taylor people and people <laughs> who like people who pee fire. And I can't believe that was actually in the movie. And neither of those are me, so I don't know why we saw it. And Nicolas Cage is really excited to show to pantomime peeing fire, so... He was, yeah. I wonder how many takes that took. (laughs) (laughs) They did that all day. The thing that stands out to me is they're each within like $20, $25 million. So it's like the same segments of moviegoers. Mm. Like there's a a, a big divide, not between like two camps, but, you know, 20 million worth of people go to this movie and then another 20 million go to this movie. And it's, it's just... Yeah. Usually it's... There's yeah. like one huge sixty right. million yeah. for the one most anticipated movie, and then uh, but everyone's kind of evenly spread. So yeah, wonder what that trend is. Anyway, it's the February trend when there's nothing really great to see. Yep. Yeah. And uh, the second part of Brad's weekly podcast job DVD roundup. Yeah. Not much to round up uh, <laughs> this week. Is there a really good sh- like giant shark movie coming out on DVD? Uh, if you like your shark movies, called Hugo. Ah, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know why I people love that. In my mic, shoot. Uh, sorry, go. Uh, I don't know why people like Hugo. Cause, I, I still don't understand it. Because it's like Scorsese, dude. I know, but still, the movie's not good. I know. I right? saw it. Eleven, eleven Oscar nominations. Well, one, for, one for best editing, surprisingly. Probably get at least one. Oh, I'm so sure anyway, like five or six. Po- oh, it's a poorly edited movie. If you're one of the people who did enjoy it, you can own it next Tuesday on, I forgot to check, probably probably Blu-ray and DVD. And I actually, feel like that's Blu-ray, a movie. DVD, and Blu-ray 3D. Yeah, it's got to be a Blu-ray 3D, I absolutely right? think that that's a movie that on on DVD would get less interesting every time you watch it. Because, you know, the first time you see it, I think a big part of why that movie is interesting is the sort of history that it's teaching you. Uh, and once you know that story, as I experienced, once you already know the story it's trying to tell you, you're like, oh, this is kind of boring. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, if you're a DC fan, you're probably looking forward to Justice League Doom, one of their straight-to-DVD animated flicks. Those ones aren't bad, though, because, you no, know... No, 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 they work really hard. I mean, uh, Paul Dini and Bruce Timm are the ones who are in charge of those, so they usually come out pretty well. But it's a Justice League... But and, I mean, and uh, Batman's they're fighting <laughs> prominently Doom? figured on the cover. I think he's the only one on. Well, he's like holding his batarang, and there's they're in their background. I know what's it about. Are they fighting Doomsday? That's like yeah, that's something I can put together. Superman Doomsday one. Uh, it has to I be something else. Uh, it's a crossover. They're fighting Doctor Doom. Oh, that'd be sweet. I know, because Doctor Doom's a great villain. Uh, and the uh, Justice League are not great heroes. Rowan Atkinson fans can look forward to Johnny English uh, Reborn. You That's saw that in the theaters? I saw Johnny English. But you missed, yeah, you missed the sequel, didn't you? Yeah, I didn't oh. see the sequel. So you're looking forward Because you to didn't it. go see it that week it was in theaters? You're really itching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, maybe people who follow Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes, the Todd and the Book of Evil show oh, is yeah. coming out on, it's a Canadian show, is coming out on DVD for a season. So. Oh, I might, I might check that out. Yeah. Um, if it gets to Netflix. Probably only people find it on Amazon. <laughs> I doubt it'll be in stores. <laughs> oh, dang. Because the only stores left are Target, Walmart, Best Buy. <laughs> DVD, or Block, Best Buy has movies. Yeah. I said Best Buy, right? Yeah. Oh, I thought you said Target. I said Target, Walmart, and Best Buy. No. Oh. Well, so that's you, it. You started to mumble. Yeah. Awesome. So, Well, what's our news? Uh, yeah, I know. I was going to introduce that, James. Wow, you Jeez. screwed that up. <laughs> 
<laughs> Someone's trying to take over your show, man. I know. Uh, What's that about? Real news. It's real news. Okay, James, please enlighten us with real news. I'm the king of segues. <laughs> uh... Well, uh, let's stop with the start with a showstopper. Don't drive uh, the segment off a stop, cliff, James. Start, Go. stop with a sh- start s- show show starter. Right. The, what, what, one more time, I'm sorry. I said, James, don't drive the segment off a cliff. Okay. The segment. Segways. Get it? Oh, seg- hey, because uh, the founder because of Segway drove oh. off a cliff and died. Yeah. That was amazing. I'm topical. <laughs> that, that was okay. amazing. Right. Yeah, that's a great right. joke. I, I appreciate that, Brad. That was and funny. I just derailed the segment. So go ahead. <laughs> so Weinstein had a big week. Uh, first, they announced that they were going to put their movies right onto Netflix first before they were going to put them onto TV. So you're not going to be able to see uh, movies like The Artist premiering on, on cable channels as early as you're going to be able to get them on Netflix, which is pretty crazy. That's the first time that anybody's really started doing that. But that's not the big thing that they did. No, I like the big thing they did. The big thing that they did was they've got a little documentary called Bully that yep. uh, uh, they've been pitching for a while and uh it got a it got an r rating uh pretty much just for language because there are segments of the of the documentary where they have kids and their kids are talking the way that they talk and they probably say the f word a couple times um big big whoop uh and the mpaa gave them an r rating for it and they disputed it and the mpaa came back and still said no this is an r-rated movie and so the wine scenes are considering releasing that movie without an MPAA rating on it at all and taking a break from the MPAA entirely, which is crazy. Like, Which is awesome because, I mean, again, it's just like the, the Comic Code's authority. Eventually, Marvel just said, fuck you, we're not going to yeah. put it on there anymore. And it, it happened for similar... It, the the, the uh, situation there was similar where Stanley was telling the story. He had been asked to tell this story about drugs in the in the pages of Spider-Man, but you couldn't talk about drugs during the comics code. So he just took the code off and published those issues anyway, and then put the code back on when he was done with that story. Um, but once you broke that wall, once there, once you could release a movie without the code in ten years, the code was just gone because um, people just started doing it all the time. And it would be really cool if you could. I mean, you know, the the idea here is that he's trying to make. They're trying to release this documentary, and they want it to get out to people, and they don't want people to not go see it just because it's rated R, because you know it's got this message about bullying, and they're trying to get that message out there. Um, and it would be nice if you could every now and then, at the very least, get a movie out and not have it uh, have to get that MPAA rating on there, and not have it be slammed because it gets a higher rating. So it would be cool. It, you know. Yeah, the only problem they're gonna run into is some movie theaters require you to have a rating. <laughs> oh, a lot of theaters. So hopefully, if they you know put their foot down, or maybe there's some theater that stands up for the right of freedom of speech, and um, they they would need a big one. They would need like an like an AMC or a Cinemark to yeah. to do it, um, in order to really enact change. Yeah. Most likely, it'll just be you know there will be some indie theaters uh, that'll pick it up, um, and if if they're lucky, it'll be as widespread as like. The Denver Indie Theater, you know, the landmarks might yeah. pick it up. If they if they even got that, that would still be pretty impressive. Yeah, um, it's a cool it's a cool stance though because you know uh, that's one of the biggest problems. I, I've said this before. Um, sometimes, I mean, in Star Wars, they show decapitations and guns shooting all the time, and it's PG. And then you have other movies where you don't understand where the you know the threshold for that is. Well, and this is this is aimed specifically at a very bizarre rule in which. 
you can say fuck in a movie once as long as it is not directly pertaining to the act of fucking. Um, but if you say it twice or if you change the meaning of the word, if you use that word in its act- by its actual meaning, then it's rated R, um, which is just insane. Yeah, like, I agree. Especially in this case where you know that these kids are just going to say fuck just to say fuck because mm-hmm. they're, they're teenagers or whatever. Um, so why... Why can't you just have them say it a few times and release the movie PG-13 and have it say strong language? Because it's probably just going to be rated PG-13 and then say strong language underneath there. That's okay. You can do that. Yeah. You know, people know they're not going into the movie ignorant thinking that it's going to be some family romp. And if they are, then they're <laughs> fucking stupid. Like, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. It's, um, and yeah. It's, especially like if you've, if you've seen the documentary, uh, this film is not your rated, where they go into just how sort of corrupt and stupid the MPA is. And then even if you were alive a few years ago to watch uh, the debacle between Slumdog Millionaire and The Dark Knight Rises, or The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight, um, you realize like, oh yeah, they're they're completely just pandering to who they think is going to make money and how they can um, sort of get as much money into the whole Hollywood system anyway. It's not even really about trying to get, trying to make it so that, you know, parents know what a mo- what content is in a movie. Yeah, I agree. So to even have this situation anyway, and it's also partially because the Weinsteins have had, the last couple of years, they've had a really hard time with the NBAA. Uh, uh, Blue Valentine was theirs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Blue Valentine was theirs. That movie, I still haven't seen it, but from what I've heard, does not deserve to be rated at NC-17. Um, it's just because of some of the biases that the MPA has, and even though they appealed, they still didn't get the 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 uh, rating changed. So they've they've obviously sort of had it, um, and so it's going to be exciting to see what happens. Agreed. The less interesting news is that Robert Rodriguez is going to have his own TV channel. He is. I don't know why I care. Brad's really into the real news today. You guys <laughs> I think are dominating it. <laughs> <laughs> There was a there was a down point. You could have said something. Uh, anyways, uh, the <laughs> the interesting news for fans of The Walking Dead is uh, they cast the governor oh, yeah. for uh, season three, and it is David Morrissey, whoever that is. Uh, he's a guy who kind of looks like the governor. Yep, and the governor is a big villain from The Walking Dead, so we know that they're Maybe. not going to meet him this season. No, um, no, which is pretty much a given. Yeah, because I, I mean I think I know what's going to happen at the end of the season, but. Uh, Yes, I will not spoil it for people who have not read the. Which comic would be book, interesting if, but... they, well, yeah, yeah, we know we know what's going to happen. Where they end up location wise is going to be a little interesting, especially if they're getting the governor into the next season. Um, that's going to make. I have a feeling that sort of the story of the governor would be season four. Yeah, if they got that far. Oh, I'm sure they will. Yeah, I, I'm sure after the they is... they debut at season three, they'll probably renew it for season four. Because... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not saying that the show won't get that. F- well, yeah, I guess I was saying. Um, Dude, AMC's like uh, set up perfectly. I think when The Walking Dead ends, yeah. Mad Men comes right in. Oh yeah, so they kind of set it up. Well, after unf- two years, away. unfortunately, missing Mad Men, but I mean, they set it up so you're going from one hit show right to the next, which I think they need so they can maybe put yeah. more money into the shows. And mm-hmm. um, because I think when Wait, Mad Men, where's Comic Book Man going? Huh? Well, it would. Well, it oh, would it's only be... six episodes. Yeah, they only ordered six for yeah. the first season. Oh, a week. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, so, I, six for the for, for a season of that show kind of makes sense to me. Like, I don't think that that show is that strong that it needs to go for twenty four episodes. I like it. I could do yeah. it. 
Well, yeah, I, I'm <laughs> saying I don't like it. I just mean um, I would rather they have real rich content in six episodes than sort of spread themselves out too much. Well, um, it's not Mad Men. <laughs> no, no, no. So, yeah. I, I agree. Well, what That's they're going to do is, I mean, I think they did it right. I think because then Mad Men's on for, is it 15 episodes? I think so. It's 15, they, but then as by the time they get to the summer, Breaking Bad's going to start. And the yeah, time Breaking Bad stops, then they're going to have The Walking Dead again. So I think they've they set their schedule up pretty well. Man, The Killing comes back somewhere in there, too. Yeah, but everybody um, hates that show. Yup. I've never uh, seen it, but I read just the most vile things about it. I hated that show. Um, the and they they're gonna have to introduce some new shows in the next year at some point because yep. they're losing walking. They're losing Breaking Bad this year. Yep. Um, and yeah, which and I'm probably sure the killing will. because probably the killing will not come back strong. I think they will because uh, one of the things I think people are realizing about that network is you can you know kind of push the boundaries of TV and yeah. you know they have quality shows. Oh yeah. So. We'll get some interesting stuff in there. Yeah. It'll be good. Obviously. Either way, looking forward to the governor. Yeah, the governor. He's crazy. Yeah. Read the maybe, comic book. Maybe the biggest villain of the of the book. Like, single real, real villain. I, I think a, of a, a single villain, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But as people, maybe. Who knows? Which is people. People, people are yeah, the villain people of the are book. the villain of The Walking Dead. Anyway. Speaking Anyways. of The Walking Dead, what are we even watching? Uh, who wants to start? See, that was that was my it? that was my see that was a get better was that a better segue? That was I, yeah that was much much better. And a segue is only good, job, if man. Yeah, segue is only good if you draw attention to it. Real nerds yeah. with James Hart. That's all right. <laughs> Featuring Ryan Frost. You know what? You know what? This is an equal opportunity podcast. I don't. I don't. I don't uh, hold the man down. This isn't Rosa Parks. Okay. This is real nerds. I knew it was going to get racial. I didn't say racial. <laughs> she was denied a seat at the front of the bus. Denied. The, the Oh no, you're right. That was the front of the bus. I always get that confused because in high school everybody wanted to sit in the back of the bus. I know. When so I was, I was like, Rosa Parks, why would you want to sit in the front of the bus? There's nothing in the front of the bus but hanging out with the bus driver, and that's not fun. <laughs> and it probably smells drunk. <laughs> not Rosa Parks, the bus driver, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. So what are you uh, guys been watching, guys? Uh this is my show, so I'll, I'll make <laughs> I sure that say. I know when we start the next segment. <laughs> if I want to sit there and just improv and talk, I can do it. I am not on a time limit. This is my show. My show. I got to get to work. Let's move. This, uh, this week, I actually watched a lot. Uh, I'll start with my uh, new love, Robert Downey Jr. I went on a, <laughs> a mini uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, marathon. I went to Amazon, and what I did was I looked on his imdb at the same time and i took three of his movies that did not do very well at the box office and i decided i was going to get them and i was going to watch them all because it's kind of like a hidden gem yeah um so the first one i watched was called the singing detective which is the one you were the most exciting about it was it was called the singing detective and i'll tell you right now because i was also i won't talk about tells from the crypt that i was watching but it's like a tells from the crypt episode where is it like a horror no, it's but it's it's like a really pulpy and um, so the premise is is Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, a noir writer and he has some sort of skin disease where he can't move and his skin breaks out into it's like all chapped and everything and he's put in a hospital because eczema yeah it's like really bad eczema and he's put in a ho- the hospital and uh, while he's there because he's um, so delusional because of how much pain he's in because he doesn't want any painkillers he starts putting himself in his book and while he's in the book he's also singing like all these doo-wop songs 
and I mean, it's a, it's a bizarre movie, but it is strangely really good because huh. all the actors in it, there's like really big actors, Ad- Adrian Brody, Mel Gibson's in it. Um, what? Uh, Robin Wright Penn is his wife in it. Dude. And, uh, Probably before she was a pen. Uh, no, it oh, was. Never mind. Uh, the movie came out in 2002. Oh, whoa. Oh. And uh, this was actually a movie that Mel Gibson financed for Robert uh. Downey Jr. because he, ca- he got out of prison and no one was going to give him a break. And they became friends on Air America, which is on the way from Amazon. <laughs> and uh, so uh, he financed it. And um, the movie is – Robert Downey Jr. is amazing in it because uh, he plays this angry person and how the story unfolds is really cool. Um, because at first you kind of don't understand what the hell's going on in it because it's just so bizarre. But uh, my, so he's just an angry person. And then it's kind of like as his skin heals, his mind heals, and his attitude heals. So he kind of goes from this person you don't like at all to someone who you can start liking, especially as a story kind of reveals itself to the audience. And I was actually pleasantly surprised. It is really goofy, and I can understand why I only made $200,000 at the box office because it's not a movie where you can sit down and say, hey, this is going to be good time. (laughs) Um, But there was – I I did laugh really loud at a couple parts uh, at the very beginning. uh, He's sitting in the hospital bed, and he can't really talk because his skin's so chapped and – uh, all these doctors are sitting around and talking about him, and there's a Japanese doctor there, and he goes, uh, how long have you had this condition? And Robert Downey Jr. says, oh, no, how long since Pearl Harbor? <laughs> it was like, oh, so no. funny, but like kind of <laughs> horrible. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but, you know, if you guys want to borrow it and check it out, I, I, I mean, you don't have to buy it. It's I not like fine. you have to you know, rush out and buy it, but it's a different movie, and I, I appreciated how different it was. Have you never seen Air America? I have seen it years ago. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm the same way. I kind of remember it being um, really good. But so, yeah, so I have that one. The next one I watched was called Restoration, where he plays um, a, a physician in 16th century London. And he his name is uh, Robert Marybell. And, uh, does he fall in love with Tobey Maguire? He does not. Okay. That'd be awesome, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's from Tropic Thunder. Remember when he's the priest and they fall in love? Mm. McGuire. Uh, <laughs> mm. I was explaining the joke to Brad because he was looking mm, yes. at he's like, wait, wait, what? Anyways, so he plays, uh, he gets picked by um, the king, I forget, it's King Charles maybe, and who's played by Sam Neill. And, Dude. Uh, in it, he, because he gets picked to, by Sam Neill because there's a guy who had his chest ripped open and you could see his heart pumping. And uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character is the only one who had the courage like, to touch the heart. And so Sam Neill thought he had amazing courage and he wanted him to save the life of his best friend. So he brings uh, Robert to his, the palace and he's about, he thinks he's, you know, he's a physician. So he thinks he's going to work on a person, but it's a cocker spaniel that uh, he needs to nurse back to health. And uh, the King said, if you, you know, if you save him, then you'll be, have a part in my court. If not, then you don't want to know what happens. I.e. he's probably to be dead or something. Um, so he thinks the dog dies. He puts him in a coffin as they're walking out the room. It like scratches the coffin and the dog's alive. And, uh, so he gets, he stops being a physician. He actually kind of becomes like the King's right hand goofy guy. And it goes from like this kind of screwball period comedy to this tell of him trying to redeem himself because he, he's, he lost his way. He wasn't a physician anymore. He's more of the King's like, veterinarian. Oh, like not even veterinarian, like, like dog watcher. Yeah, but he loved the 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 status it gave him, and uh, his colleague when he got it's really it's a really long movie and it's but basically he has to go on this road of redemption to become 
um, a physician again, and he figures out uh, it seems really stupid now, but uh, he came back when the plague was through London, and then he realized that they were keeping all the people in the hospital together. So if you had a broken arm, they'd put you in the room with the people at the plague. Right. So it's spreading the plague. So he said, well, we need to separate all these people and keep the plague separate and the people separate. And uh, So he invented rooms. <laughs> yeah, basically. And that was the whole part. And I mean, the beginning's actually pretty good. The middle's good. But when he towards the end where he's really getting on his redemption quest it gets really melodramatic and um it's a miramax movie so you can kind of see uh, it like total oscar bait yeah exactly. But, but he's really good in it he really is again he plays an english guy uh, meg ryan is terrible as his irish lover that he meets at a uh, insane asylum meg ryan yeah and she tries to do like this irish accent you're like wow she's oh really out man of place in meg this movie. ryan um what year is it from uh 2005 no way yeah it won two oscars by the way for Costume design and sound editing or something. I don't know. Wow. Like yeah, a movie you never heard of, Restoration. I think it made like $4 <laughs> yeah. million dollars at the box office. I don't know. And then uh, the last one is actually, I think, the best one I watched. It's Charlie Bartlett. I don't know if you guys seen oh, Charlie Bartlett. Oh, yeah. And uh, I thought that movie was actually really good. I really enjoyed the movie, um, even though uh, he's not really in it too much. But when he's in it, he's brilliant, obviously. Um but Charlie Bartlett's about a kid who goes, who's rich and goes, he's a psychiatrist and he finds out he can get prescribed drugs and sell them to other kids. So he has a therapist session in the men's bathroom and prescribes drugs to kids that have problems. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's what that movie's about. Robert Downey Jr. plays the principal of the high school and Charlie Bartlett starts dating his daughter and he goes off the deep end because he's an alcoholic, recovering alcoholic. It's good. Cool. And that was my Robert Downey Jr. marathon. Are you going to keep going? Have you already? Obviously, you ordered Air America. Uh, uh, yeah, I have Air America coming. I also have um, Fur, a portrait, imagine oh. an imaginary portrait. Whoa! It's with Nicole Kidman. I have no idea what it's about. Uh, you'll have fun with that one. Yeah. Do you have Scanner Darkly uh, on the way? Uh, yes, I do. That's my oh. other one. So I have those three you coming seen in. Scanner Darkly. Scanner Darkly, you actually will enjoy. Yeah. Do you not like? Have you seen Fur? I have not seen Fur, but you're in for some weird stuff. I heard it's really goofy. Yeah. But he's in it. He's probably good in it. I still haven't seen a movie where he's bad. Yeah. And the good thing is, is on Amazon, like, uh, those three movies cost me 18 bucks. These three is like 21 because I got a a Scanner Darkly on Blu-ray and Air America on Blu-ray. So, yeah, then, um, man, man, I saw so much this week. I also saw the Jurassic Park trilogy that I got on Blu-ray. And, uh, yeah, that movie looks amazing on Blu-ray. All of them. Every single one of them. Man. Um, and I was telling James, or maybe it was you, Brad, last uh, before we did this, before our podcast we did earlier this week, um, in The Lost World, where they're in the camp and the T-Rex attacks, Yeah, it sounds so goofy, but the blacks look so smooth. There's no grain, nothing. So you don't see like that fuzziness in blacks. Right. Oh, man. It's, it's like a little things <sighs> that just look amazing. I'm totally going to uh, go order that right now. You should. And then the... The first one's still one of the greatest movies of all time. Oh, absolutely. Um, that is <clears throat> that is one of the tightest scripts for any movie yeah. ever. That you know, movie is close to perfect. The only thing that bothers me about that movie is there's one um, continuity error that really bugs me in it. Which one? Um, when they find Ian Malcolm in the bathroom yeah. after the T-Rex and they put him in the Jeep, the background is they're above the uh, T-Rex paddock. And then it cuts to them below the T-Rex paddock all of a sudden when the T-Rex starts chasing them. So it's like they filmed a scene with Ian Malcolm above and they didn't show like the next like cut is them below. 
it's really bizarre. When you watch it again, you'll see what I'm talking about because oh, no, the, I know back- yeah, the background totally changes. But but the, what you're getting at there is all is part of what the actual like biggest continuity problem in that movie as far as I'm concerned is the fact that the T-Rex walks up to the road where they are mm-hmm. and then breaks through and walks through the fence mm-hmm. and then when they get the when the jeep gets pushed off the cliff there's a cliff there yeah. like basically they invent a cliff to add that that action scene yeah. which honestly the way it's cut you don't even think about it until no. you've seen that movie yeah. 20 times and then you realize oh man how how do they even not uh, they they knew they noticed if you listen to commentaries if you hear Steven Spielberg talk about it he knows that's there but he doesn't care it's too yeah. interesting yeah I mean it, it, it's only, that's the only part that distracts me from because it it's really bizarre because you know they show him looking down because he sees like the rumble from the T Rex coming yeah. and all of a sudden they come through and they're just surrounded by trees and stuff instead of above the paddock but yeah um, and I still think that the Lost World isn't bad I no, think there's um, I don't think it is either. I, I love the the Ian Malcolm and uh, <laughs> john hammond bit at the beginning yeah where uh john hammond says we're not gonna make the same mistakes no 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 you're making even bigger <laughs> you're ones you're making all new ones yeah all new ones uh and and hammond's speech at the end of lost world i think is really good. oh yeah it's great uh and then the third one i don't think is bad at all i really don't i do i still um i still think i mean there's some parts that are goofy but i still like um like the the pterodon i think is a really cool scene um mm, just because yeah. i love the yeah, way yeah. it's shot it's kind of like a horror movie uh and i love seeing alan grant and uh yeah i think that's just that movie's got a lot more silliness in it which i think part of why people don't like the lost world is because of dinosaurs in san francisco and they think that's silly san diego sorry (laughs) um but you know uh the whole like the 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 villain they're being sort of a villain of the third one you know there's this spinosaurus thing Mm -hmm. it's just like what why is that there i don't yeah, the only thing I didn't like about the Spinosaurus is he overtook T Rex. I still think T Rex is a oh, cooler yeah. dinosaur. It's a it's a cooler dinosaur, and the, well, like the ringing phone, yeah. is really bad. And that's know. why I don't like Jack Horner, who is like the uh, paleontologist uh, expert on the series, because he doesn't think yeah. T Rex is a predator. He thinks he's a scavenger, right? So his influence really came they, through on the third one. Yeah, they push it a lot. Um, I mean, and, yeah, and there's a lot of like you know making the making the the raptors intelligent and having him talk and then this mm-hmm. whole that whole play like it it takes a lot of the it takes the teeth away from yeah but these i mean dinosaurs. there's still some thrilling scenes i i oh absolutely i think the the part where they are being hunted by the raptors and then the little boy come and rescues dr grant i think is a really cool scene um, yeah and then even the spinosaurus at the end i thought was really interesting and uh but yeah, like my argument cuz i i've met people who think that 3 is better than 2 and i don't yeah. think that i don't think there's anything in three or in that raptor scene in three that is as good as that wide shot in the lost world where the raptors are cutting through the grass oh yeah no, that's oh that shot is just awesome yeah and i mean the cg is still amazing oh yeah i mean there's uh one part that really stood out for me was in the lost world and they're at the uh gas station and the t-rex steps underneath it and comes back out and the lighting is uh, phenomenal that they're able to pull it off and yeah. i mean that was 97 15 years and it still looks amazing. Yeah. Well, more than that, Jurassic Park still oh, looks yeah. amazing. There's like, parts in Jurassic Park that are just... I mean, the T-Rex scene in Jurassic Park... looks Still looks more real than most stuff we see in Oh, CG. yeah. I mean, and... Uh, oh, yeah. All the T-Rex stuff is really good in all three movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I... I mean, I love the Jurassic Park movies and I watched them back to back to back. I didn't stop. I seriously watched them in one sitting and I had so much fun. Um and then I watch the special features with Steven Spielberg. I love listening to him talk. I love listening to Steven Spielberg talk about making movies. 
because he has uh, such a passion for it. And uh, but there's not a commentary, right? There's no, no. There's but they're like each one is like he doesn't do that. yeah, he doesn't do. There's like forty minutes, and they interview almost the whole cast of everybody. Like even the kids from the first one are in it, and uh, so it's really cool to see them explore it. And um, Steven Spielberg, when he's talking about the Lost World, the reason he kind of made it not as dark as the first Jurassic Park is because that was his first movie he made after Schindler's List, and he was really burnt out because he was. uh, And he even says in Jurassic Park, you know, he said, "I was finishing touches on Jurassic Park, and I'm in uh, Poland, and I'm shooting this uh, Holocaust movie, and it's like (laughs) he's saying, I don't care what the dinosaurs look like." You know, just, you know, make them look good. And it was, it was really interesting. And he took four years off. So after Schindler's List, the first thing he did was uh, The Lost World. And he said he really wanted to get back in that because uh, Schindler's List took so much out of him. Yeah. And he wanted to do a fun movie again. So, yeah, I, I recommend everybody checking that stuff out. Anything with Robert Downey Jr. Um, well, you guys can talk now. Uh, I talk forever. I literally just ordered the Jurassic Park trilogy. I could get... I could get the Mummy trilogy too for thirty two dollars. <laughs> should I should I pick that up? Uh, uh, no, maybe just the Mummy. What's it worth for two? Yeah, <laughs> two movies. Yeah, they have the Mummy, the Mummy two two. I don't know if you really need the trilogy <laughs> yeah. aspect yeah. of it. Um, I think I think that would actually cost more money. That would cost like a whole forty dollars <laughs> yeah. to get just the first two. <laughs> yeah, they cost more to get the good. <laughs> they ones. take money off if you buy the third one. No, no uh, one buys it, and then strangely, twenty years from now, it's as highly sought after, like under, <laughs> like the Tron DVD. People are looking for or, the Tomb of the Emperor DVD. Yes. yes. Oh, by the way, I was going to get Zodiac on Blu-ray, but it's out of print. One hundred fifty dollars on. Ugh. That'll change. Yeah, I hope. Maybe they'll put out a. Uh, what you call it? it? Starts with a C. Chronicle. Corinthian. Criterion. Criterion. Well, the other, the not. one that's not out of print is the director's cut two disc Blu-ray. So. Ugh. You can get the single disc Blu-ray from England for like seventeen bucks, but I could lend you my DVD. Should anyway. Anyways, um, we can talk about the stuff we watched together when you guys are done talking about the stuff you watched, uh, Bradley. What did you watch this week? I watched a lot too. Um, the first one I'm really anxious to talk about is uh, I went and saw a movie, a trauma film called Father's Day. Okay. Uh. We're talking all about this. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. What, what? Okay, what's it about? <laughs> Okay. And explain trauma films for people who don't know. Trauma films are schlocky, terrible films <laughs> that um, are have poor production value, have stupid stories, horrible acting, and. Um, but also keep in mind that they like, embrace it. It's not like they yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they turn know away from it. They they know they're awful, and that's why they make them because they love awful movies like yep. that. And um, every trauma film I've ever seen, I've been. Board watching. Have you seen Redneck Zombies? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but I have. I want to see that now. I've always been like, I always tell myself I will find one that I, I will like. I haven't seen Toxic Avenger. I probably should. Yeah, that's the big right. trauma film. You can stream it on Netflix. Yeah. Um, but you know, I like watching stuff at the theater by my house, which is yep. the Esquire. So it was the set. It was the midnight movie. So um, it was also the premiere of it. So I decided to check it out and. Instantly, right away, it's shot terribly. Like <laughs> you, it's so dark, you can almost not make anything out on the screen. Um, and you know, there's this. Oh, there's also tons of ultra violence in trauma films. Yeah. So that's going on, and that's kind of cool. But also, it's like you can't see any of it. So I'm instantly bored. And then all of a sudden, as I'm starting to follow the plot, it's obvious that these people are having fun with this stupid idea mm. and it gets, it gets funnier and funnier as <laughs> it gets crazier and crazier. And, uh, it's about, 
this serial killer named Chris Fuckman. <laughs> true, true. I, I read yeah. that on uh, He's going Shock around to drop. killing people's fathers. Is that his Christian name? <laughs> <laughs> Not just like um, male adults of children, also people in uh, church, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those kind Pre- of fathers. Priests. Pri- yeah, priests. Um, and so um, this one teenager... Uh, his father gets killed, and then I forget why he goes to the church. But anyway, the guy at the church. Oh, there, there's this dying father priest at the church, um, and so when this teenager's father gets killed, it's reminiscent of this rash of killings uh, by Chris Fuckman from like 30 years ago. Keep <laughs> <laughs> taking movies seriously. Yeah. So they're like reminded of it, and like. So this one priest asked the older one who remembers those events, like, what do we do? How, how do we stop him? <laughs> and then he's, the old one tells him to go find uh, Ahab, who's this uh, guy with an eye patch who's living in the forest. <laughs> and he's tapping trees for their maple syrup. Oh, like literally sticking a Like a pipe in into a tree. That's how some people get maple syrup. That's a real thing. Really? Yeah. That was a joke. No, it's real. No, it's real. It's real. It's, it's funny. Real. He just walks up to the tree and stabs it with a pipe. And yeah. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. No, it's real. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, the, the priest goes to find Ahab in the woods. <laughs> not on a boat. No. Okay. I know. He's not even out for... Uh, for whale revenge, he's only just after. Anyway, he's, <laughs> he's out there because of you know this. Um, in the past, like he has a you know regrets of the past or whatever. He's out there because he's trying to escape everything, and then he's got a sister who's a stripper, and she's back in the <laughs> wait, city. Wait, Ahab has the sister. Yeah, Ahab has the sister. Well, <laughs> trauma pictures after ha- also have to have tons of gratuitous nudity. Yeah, that's like a requirement. Um, <laughs> anyway, the. Um, uh, so meanwhile, she's been trying to like stop Chris Fuckman on her own for years and years. And then uh, also they were both adopted because Chris Fuckman killed their parents. Tell and me that when he kills people, he says, you just got fucked. No, that'd be awesome. He doesn't say anything. He just bites their dicks off. And wait, 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 what? Wait, yeah. what? Wait, what? You just went from killing to biting dicks off and raping people. The first scene of the movie is he's in this apartment and you just hear like this munching sound. And all of a sudden it cuts to him like stretching out this guy's dick and then biting it off. And then he gets the fuck? someone walks in on him and he like jumps out the window and runs down the street and gets hit by a car. <laughs> what the fuck, man? You can't, <laughs> you can't just drop that little fact into the middle of the story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so off the wall. Uh, that's not, there's so, uh, oh and goodness. you were telling me you that... That's ridiculous. You are <laughs> telling me that this might be one of your favorite movies of the year. Yeah. Oh, wow. oh man. Man, dick munching. <laughs> just, Brad loves it. Not oh. just because of that, but just because... For the balls it has to do all these weird dun, things. Dun, 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 don't say dun, the balls dun. it has. And I don't want to spoil oh. a lot of stuff, but like... The balls Ahab are all it has left. Fucking his own sister, and oh, then... Wait, what? And then the, the, the teenager, the priest, and him end up like killing themselves so they can go to hell and fight Chris Buckman, who they... <laughs> wait, fuck! <laughs> and there's actual like CGI in the movie. <laughs> so there's all these bad special effects, and there's like real CGI in the movie. And then Lloyd Kaufman, who's the fo- founder of Trauma Films, plays God, and he's there at the end. And, and wow! Uh, oh I, I recommend my goodness. 
If you like classy <laughs> movies, not for you. <laughs> but if you like, but if you're the kind of person who makes uh, Hobo with a Shotgun your number one movie of the year, you will adore this. <laughs> Hobo with a Shotgun's like charming and sort of smart. <laughs> Father's Day is just like it almost seems like they were improving half the movie too because like they just have these stupid like improv one-liners sometimes like they know they're making a stupid movie <laughs> so they say st- say stupid shit and then keep it in the movie oh it's it was fantastic i was completely entertained like after <laughs> after you get past that first murder and like you accepted the fact that like once you get like you're tipped off to the dial with this saying is like purposely stupid and then you start writing with the fact that it's like kind of a parody of these types of movies then you can enjoy it. like okay this is meant right. to be really dope. i think a lot of times with those trauma movies you really have to get in the world because if you if you get sucked out of it for a second then it's hard for you to get back in it's hard to get into because you know they're they're shot so poorly yeah like the production value is really <laughs> cheesy and the ones that are like you, you tell they're kind of being serious about the topic or the subject matter of the movie like those are the ones that are boring this yeah. one is like we know this is dumb but we're gonna like push the envelope and do everything we can like because we can't do everything anywhere else at troma we can do whatever we want mm-hmm. yeah so no one's going to stop us. No one's going to tell us no. No one's going to censor us. And this movie does not censor itself at all. <laughs> well, when you have a brother fucking a sister, I think um, all the censorship is yeah. gone. <laughs> Interesting. Well, what else you watched this week, Brad? <laughs> um, where's my list? Uh, what I the saw... fuck, man? Yeah. Oh, he bites their dicks off. Yeah. And rapes oh. them. Don't forget, he rapes him too. After <laughs> does he bite the dick off first and then rape him, or does he rape him and then bite off the dick? I think maybe he varies, rapes him while like, he bites their dicks off. Dep- depending on his mood, I think he, you know, he <laughs> one or the other. Um, oh no! Uh, real quick, I saw <laughs> it was on HBO. And I was just on uh, flipping around. I saw Your Highness, which I'm not a big fan of stoner no. movies. Um, but this movie actually wasn't that much of a stoner movie. No, it wasn't. It's it's really yeah. weird. It's I, more I like a it. movie made by people who are stoned. Yeah, and like the only really funny part is when um, Danny McBride is. Like they're talking in yield English most of the time, but then they'll yeah. break out and say yeah. like modern stuff. But yeah, like, have a twist on it that's kind of like old English. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, when I saw it, I didn't think it was like a bad movie, but it's just you know, okay. Yeah, the knight's uh, bride is stuck in a castle, and they have to go rescue her, and Zoe Deschanel, all this crazy. Which shit is which is what, like, uh, what was the movie you did before that? Um, the Who? the the director, well, the writer director sort of guys. Um, the one where he and James Franco, where James Franco Pineapple and Express, yeah, Pineapple Express. I loved Pineapple Express and thought that movie was really smart and fun. So it was kind of disappointing to see trailers for that movie and be like, "Oh, I'm not interested in this as much as I should be." But you were okay with it, yeah. I mean, see Natalie Portman's butt. Oh, good. Yeah, for a couple seconds. The more, <laughs> the better part was when uh, Zoe Deschanel's like writhing around, like in totally. talking dirty. <laughs> Totally. Or when he gets, you know, taken by the totally naked chick (laughs) tribe. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely like a Danny McBride sense of humor. And that's a creative, actually kind of a creative, uh, like, beast to fight. Yeah, I think so, too. He reaches into that pot and, like, the liquid and then the the finger demon or whatever forms from it, like, outside of that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, not the worst movie, but you just, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I like his feud with the mechanical bird and mm-hmm. <laughs> his gecko. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, um, so that was kind of just throwaway. Um, and then I saw a, a stop motion movie from Australia called Mary and Max. Nobody? Nope. Nope. It's a movie for uh, lonely people. It was very depressing. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, smart and charming. It's about um, 
this little Australian girl, and it's, this is all claymation. Uh, she is kind of an outcast. She gets picked on at school, and her father is like kind of distant. Like he enjoys taxidermy, and he stays away from his family. And then he's she's got like an alcoholic mother. Um, and then there's this uh, a guy in New York with Aspergers, and uh, he he just he just Aspergers. Haha. <laughs> He sits in his apartment just watching. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brad. <laughs> the Simpsons covered that. or the uh, South, South Park, Park co- covered that joke. Community so. covered that joke. Yeah. Um, you said Asperger's. <laughs> uh, so he just, he's, he's a recluse in his own apartment, which is watching TV all the time and eating chocolate hot dogs. Chocolate uh, what? Yeah. And so. Is it like a Twinkie Wiener sandwich? It's just a bun with a, like a Hershey's bar in so it. So no. Yeah. Okay. Um. So she goes to like the, uh, the post office one day, finds an address, and starts to like not knowing it's him, but just finds an address and it's his. Starts writing to him as like pen pal style. Yeah. And uh, you know she's a little girl. She just tells him whatever, and he you know he hasn't had friends before, so he writes her back, and it goes back and forth for a while. And um, the movie just kind of shows you how sad they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, these two lonely lives and how they find friendship through this. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of sad by the end what happens. But <laughs> All right. Yeah. If you've ever been lonely, it's just like, oh, that's like you get that feeling from it. It's, it's relatable. Yeah. And the podcast just hit the brakes. Sorry, guys. <laughs> way, way, to, way to bring him uh Wow, oh, Christ man. Almighty. Hope your next one's like a fucking... Right, we got to start biting dicks off again. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, I'll lighten it up. Uh, I watched <laughs> Office Space again. Nice. Yeah, the movie's good. That ended up on streaming, so... That's a short movie. <laughs> it's Yeah, no, yeah, it really is. I yeah. Thought, yeah, it's, what, maybe an hour and Because it just minutes. sort of... It gets hmm. started, there's a plot, and then it's over. I know. I was watching it, and it was almost over. Yeah. Maybe you came in halfway. No, I saw it from the beginning. <laughs> I streamed it. And then uh, Netflix got Ninja Turtles, The Next Mutation, the entire series. Nice. Which is like 20 episodes. Um, so when was, I, well, I started binge watching that. When was that? That was 97, 98. Oh, it's okay. A, it's a live action Ninja Turtles show in the style of Power Rangers. Oh, <laughs> I don't remember that at all. It's uh, horribly written and oh, uh, man. not... Very high. Are the you say it's live action? Are the suits like the movie suits? It's like the movie suits. Uh, they there's some tweaks to it. Like the masks are different. They all have uh, like uh, like bandages and certain parts of the costumes. Gotcha. I think they're covering <clears throat> something else up. Um, yeah, like you know, like like the just general wear and tear of the costumes and yeah. their lack of money to fix them. They're not the exact costumes. They're you know <clears throat> they're like a cheaper version, but they're still pretty high quality for a. Uh, for a live action turtle suit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got you. So, but uh like the shredder's gone after about one episode and there's this dragon lord who comes in and uh he's got like this little bloodthirsty pet dragon called Wick and they're constantly trying to take over the world and then um the fifth turtle Venus de Milo, the female turtle visits from Japan, she has powers of invisibility and um can read thoughts from villains. Uh, yeah. There's a girl turtle? Yeah. What? Shinobi. <laughs> what? Yeah. 
And then uh, there's a bunch of other lame villains. Like there's an ape, a gangster ape. Nice. Um, not great, but and then if you're a fan of Ninja Turtles, it's it's cool to see a live. And then Michelangelo's show. like, man, this gangster ape's just gone bananas, Raph. He might have said that. He might have said that. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. The 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 ape is a gangster. Yeah, that's racist. Well, what? Oh, monkeys. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get yeah, it. That was, yeah, that was the Randall was. over here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. uh, I was gonna say, I totally lost my train of thought. Thanks. Sorry. So anyway, yeah, if you like Ninja Turtles and live action show, it's worth checking out. I don't know if you want to watch all twenty episodes. But <laughs> Did you actually watch all twenty? No, I'm still working through it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, cool. I watched the first one and like the. There's the first story arc is five uh, five episodes. Just it's called East meets West, and it's all pretty much just you know Venus de Milo kind of settling into the New York vibe and dealing you know getting accustomed to these turtles, and, um, and they're picking on her because she's you know the fe- the female odd turtle out, and she doesn't get all the cultural references and things, and then that kind of just goes on and on and on, and then the Dragon Lord just keeps having these lame fight sequences, and I'm not even sure what they're <laughs> like they they take over a castle in downtown new york and lots of those does he ever like like attack the turtles with gray people with z's on their chests or like create a monster that then gets bigger and then they have to like form one giant robot that power rangers thing no they don't do that oh okay but no, it's, it I is am not by the power rangers people so you could totally tell that once the cartoon kind of faded out they're right like, what's popular right now let's copy that and so yeah. power rangers was big at the time gotcha but yeah, if you're a fan of Ninja Turtles and you want to see something that you probably will never see, <laughs> something you'll probably not enjoy, yeah, yeah, I kind of enjoy it. Like it's it, the the production value, is, while not great, is pretty close to the the second and third movies. So oh, okay, cool. Like always, want to see more of that, and yeah, here it is with poor writing and <laughs> cheesy yeah. effects. They have a Humvee as a turtle van. <laughs> nice. Raphael's a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. Cool. Is it on to me? Are you it's done? on to you, James. Oh, okay. Well, I, I only saw one thing, but I saw a lot of it. Uh, I've finished the entire first season of Friday Night Lights, um, which Friday Night Lights is the sort of spinoff show from Peter Berg's movie in 2002, 2003, something like that, uh, which I did not like that movie really at all, uh, which is part of why I avoided the show, even though I heard such good buzz about it. I was like, I don't really want to watch that show because that the the movie was so lacking in any kind of hope that I was just like I don't I don't want to seep myself in that but the tv show is special like really really special it achieves so many things that like family drama shows have always wanted to do it's yes it's a show about football but it's it's interesting. It's got amazingly well-written characters and well-formed plot structures. Um, it's still got the Explosions in the Sky soundtrack from the movie, which is amazing. Um, it's it's quickly becoming one of my favorite shows of the last, like, you know, five years or something like that. Like, it's, it's just special. Like, people wow. need to watch the show. Um, just everybody needs to watch the show. And and yeah, it's got certain corny stuff in it, or not not even corny. Like, um, it's got stuff that could be perceived as melodrama, that could be seen as like high school, you know, romance, you know, 
junky kind of romance stuff, but it's played so well and and the actors are also good and it's written so well that you don't even really care like you're actually really interested um and it it has driven home the fact that Kyle Chandler is more than just some I if you'd asked me 5 years ago I would have told you Kyle Chandler was sort of this you know second rate character actor but after this and Super 8 he is amazing like he is really amazing and I want to see him in more stuff uh, it's also, it's got, uh, what's his name? He plays Tim Riggins. Uh, Taylor Kitsch, who is the guy from, he plays John Carter and John Carter of Mars. That's sort of where he came from. Uh, and he's really good. Everybody in this show is really, really good. And you should at least sit down and watch a few episodes of it. And if you're not hooked, then what is wrong with you? Oh, it, it almost makes me cry a couple times throughout that first season there are a few times like a handful of times where i'm just like oh this is this is amazing it's great you should watch the show you are never going to watch so, the show and, you're going to sell it harder than that yeah it's it's like Wait, the five minutes he was talking than... he's he said it was great it's exciting it's great we should watch it this person was good i can't this, yeah. This good <laughs> yeah well because there's nothing i can't you can't pinpoint it. you just know it's good I can't pinpoint. Everything is good about this show. It's well written. It's well acted. The characters are great. What's great about it? All I know is they play football on Friday nights. <laughs> yeah, but it's. I mean, yeah, <laughs> like it is dependent on how much it is a sort of window into this f- Texas football uh, atmosphere where everything in these small towns is about high school football, and they're all so into it, and it's so important to everybody. But what's weird about it is that even though I'm not crazy about football, you know, like I, I like the game, I will I will watch the game, but I don't follow it that much. They they do a really good job at getting you attached to the characters first so that then when the things that the characters care about, you start caring about. And that's how they get you into the football stuff. That's how they get you to care about the football thing. Because even though from the outside you're looking at it going like, this is crazy. Like, why do these people care so much? You care about the people and the people care about the football. You know, so it's not so much a show about football. It's about it's a show about people in small in a small town in Texas. Um, Do any of the characters have a deformity? Uh, yes. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I. I don't want to tell you. Um, it's maybe the two penises. Got it. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's something that, that happens. I wish it was three boobs, though. Uh, it's something that happens when deformity is the wrong term. Deformity is really insensitive. Mental illness. Uh, no, 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 no. It's it's a disability that occurs in the first episode, and so I don't want to spoil who it is or why or, you know. Hmm. Um, but the truth is, if you've seen anything about the show, you would probably already know. Um, Which teen character's pregnant? None of them. <laughs> there are no pregnant characters. Yet. No. I mean, the teens all have sex a lot, um, but that is treated with a... On the field or off it's the field? Tr- <laughs> <laughs> off the right field. Right on the 50-yard line. It is, it is treated with a, a certain kind of maturity. The, the two... Um, the, the family that is at the center of the show, uh, Kyle Chandler, who plays the, the coach, his wife and his daughter are one of the most, does he beat the wife or the daughter? No, he beats nobody. That's what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> Except it's other a, teams. A, oh it's yeah. A, <laughs> yeah. It's a, they have an, a really beautiful and well-written and interesting and realistic feeling, uh, modern relationship 
that is beyond anything that like like a show like like well Seventh Heaven is a bad example, but a show like that <laughs> like or a or a better version of that show would be trying to achieve. And this show just has that kind of a plot and has that kind of a dynamic in it, and it's not even the point of the show. Like it's not even the thing the show is focusing on. But every time that that part of the show is on is what they're focusing on, you're like, oh, this is this is just as good as everything else. Like I can't. It, it's just special. How, it is a how, show that is... How are nerds represented in the show? That's what I want to know. Um, this seems very jock-centric. No, no, no. No, no. They're actually represented in... I, I didn't even think about this until you just brought it up. Um, there is a guy who's... Uh, he's close friends with the, ki- with the kid who is sort of the, the quarterback on the, on the team. Um, but he is not... He's not presented in a traditional nerd way. Like, when you meet him, you don't even realize that he's the nerd. It's... Not until, honestly, I didn't even realize until near the end of the first season when he starts tutoring this girl in math that then you realize, like, oh, he's supposed to be an advanced calculus. Like, he is this sort of nerd character, but, you know, he's he's really just another kid. He's like everybody else, um, but then he is also sort of the outcast from everybody. Uh, and you it takes you a while to even realize, like, oh, that's because he is the geek. Um, it's actually... Yeah, I hadn't even thought about the fact, but it's really um, uh, evolved the way that they deal with that character. That's amazing. Thank, thank you, Brad. I love this show even more now. <laughs> wow, I can't believe they do that. Glad I could help. Yeah, that's great. It. Uh, I. Uh, I spent all day yesterday watching the show because I just couldn't stop. An episode ends, and I think, oh, that's. How'd they, how'd they do that? I'm just busting your balls because I have nothing to say about the <laughs> No, I know. <laughs> trying to keep the conversation going, but I, you ought to. You ought to. can help you out. No, <laughs> you just ought to. Want, I don't need to help. I, this show speaks for itself. It is great. You heard it from James. Friday Night Lights is and great, it, and it's a show like unlike Downton Abbey, where I can't recommend Downton Abbey to everyone. Everyone should love this show. You know, like Mad Men. I understand people not liking Mad Men. I don't understand people not liking Friday Night Lights. Very nice, James. Great. What a ringing endorsement. If only you would have done that when it was still on the air. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I know. Hey, it got five seasons. That's pretty good. Yeah, last two on DirecTV. Yeah. Channel 101. That's not bad. Anyways, um, man, we talked about a a long time about what we saw. We did. That's because we're not going to talk about the movie very long. (laughs) We'll go ahead and go into uh, the movie we saw this week. We saw Wonderlust. With Paul Rudd and Jennifer Aniston, Brad, should people go see Wanderlust? Yeah, it's funny. James, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's the it's the funniest comedy we've seen this year. Hey, oh, we've only seen one so far. Actually, this is I love movies when they surprise me. And yes, you should go see this movie. Roll yeah. trailer. You ready for your meeting? Yep. Knock him dead. All right, I'll call you later. You know what I want to do? I want to take off that robe. Why are you not at work, George? Oh, no, I got told. I got fired. As soon as we can get back on our feet, we'll come back to New York. But right now, my brother's offering me a job, and Atlanta's the best place for us to be. Ah! Hey, there he is, my homeless brother. Where's your cardboard box? And Linda, oh my God. Ah, your body is ridiculous. Rick, I think you're making everybody uncomfortable. Oh, everybody knows what I mean. Here you go, simple data entry. You want me to uh, enter this data? Are you questioning me? Don't question me. Are you serious? Am I serious? You're fired. You're rehired. Consider that a warning shot. Let's get the hell out of here. 
So this movie is not sold very well in the trailer. No, um, it's not. But the, it's really goofy. They sort of sell it on its raunchiness, which the yeah. truth is, like, there is some raunchy humor in there, but it is surprisingly thin based on... It is. It looks like they had a lot of fun making this movie. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, um, Paul Rudd is always really funny, um, even though he kind of always plays the same guy in movies. Yeah. But he's really good at that kind of smart-assy and it, guy. Brad and I were talking about this earlier, but he... Um, a lot of his lines and a lot of things that you come out of the movie quoting and really having loved are things that you can tell that sort of they just they just turn the camera on and let him riff for a while. Yeah, and then, totally. And then they let it roll a little too long and you're like, oh, that was that was just really good, you know? When he's um, psyching himself up in the yeah, mirror. Yeah, it's the psyching himself up in the mirror thing that, that I would agree this time it, he, they, they played it a little bit too long. Or maybe... He because they two whole scenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, bring, they bring that joke back again and that's when it gets a little old. Not later, like the next yeah. scene. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but it doesn't the f- the first scene where they were doing it I was laughing until I was crying so there's yeah. something we said for that uh, so Ryan what's the plot uh, the plot is Jennifer Aniston and Paul Rudd play this couple I forget uh, George and Linda you don't find their last names until the end of the movie yeah <laughs> and it's ridiculous wait yeah. what's their last name it's like Guggen Limer yeah, <laughs> okay I didn't like I didn't notice that forget uh, they're yeah. uh, they're basically kind of a yuppie um, New York couple. Where he has a job at a financial company and she's trying to pitch a documentary to HBO. Um, and they both lose their job at the same time. And they're forced to move to Atlanta to with uh, George's brother. And along the way, their car gets tipped over because they're being chased by a wang. Falling <laughs> them. Uh, and they stay at this... What's the name of the place? Elysium. Elysium. Yeah. And uh, they find out that they really love how free these people are there and um so they go to their brother's house and they find out that they don't really like staying with their brother so they decide to stay at this commune a materialistic dickhead yeah it's pretty <laughs> played funny by, played by ken marino who is yeah. awesome yeah pretty funny and so they yeah since so then they go back there and it's their adventures at that place yeah 
Funny things happen. <laughs> Funny things happen. The people there are weird, and so you laugh at them because they're weird. Uh, yeah, yeah. big hippie colony. There's a nude guy who's just yeah. nude all the time. Who makes wine and, <laughs> write, and writes novels. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the same problem that we've had in previous c- comedy podcasts where it's like, well, I don't want to sit here and repeat all the all the, all the the good lines. But we can but, say but there the were performances are really good in the movie. They are, um, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I love Jennifer Aniston. I still think she has that quality where you, you know you always like her. Mm-hmm. And um, Paul Rudd is really good. Even though there are times in this movie where, like, I felt like I was supposed to like her or I was supposed to, um, I was supposed to feel like uh, Paul Rudd's character had done something wrong. And I was like, well, wait, no. They, no, I feel the other way. I feel like yeah. her character is being kind of dumb. And he yeah. should, you know. Um, but there's, I mean, there's some lines, though, that are really funny. Like when the little kid comes running out and he says, he pawned the deed. And then that other lady says, he pawned it. it. <laughs> Just like the little kid. Yeah. It's things yeah, like yeah. that. You, you're pretty sure that wasn't written in the script. No. And, you know, she just no. went with it. What's that girl's name? She's in Reno 911. Oh, man. Yeah. She's the, the really awkward one. Yeah. Shoot. Uh, Fudge. Anyways. Um, Catherine Hahn. Nope. Not Catherine nope. Hahn. It's, she has like two last names. Oh, wait. Really? Yeah. That's what I remember about her. Huh. Well, I don't know who she is. And then, then the uh, Seth was Seth was the name of the big hippie guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played he's, by Justin Theroux. Yeah, it's, he's really funny in it because he's that typical. Especially since I work in Boulder, you see that typical douchebag hippie all the time. When he shows up, like Jesus, like he looks <laughs> yeah. like Jesus, and then he's got a lamb draped over his shoulders, and you're like, <laughs> "What is going on? Why is he in this movie? It's really weird." Yeah, but he's really good in it. And he always has something kind of funny to say. Douchebag hippies. And he's got Malin Ackerman in it as a, a plot device and nothing more. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't actually think she was ever funny. She was just... I kept expecting there was going to be some really goofy scene with her, and then it just never showed up. I have a feeling there's there's stuff in the trailers that's not in this movie. I have a feeling there's a lot of oh, yeah. stuff. Well, you know, Judd Apatow. The movie is, sl- is short. Yeah, Judd Apatow, you know, they like one of my favorite... Um, bonus features on all his DVDs, even if he directs them or not, is Linorama, and it's literally just scene after scene of different takes they do and different yeah. ways of delivering lines. It's really good on Anchorman, um, role mo- uh, funny people. It's really good role models. It's really good. So yeah, it's one of those things you definitely. Yep, <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It's really good. It's it's a lot better than I thought it would be. I mean, I knew we were struggling to find a movie to watch. This week, so I always love when movies kind of surprise me on how yeah. good they are. Yeah, it makes me want to see Jennifer Aniston in movies again. Sure, because uh, she good. is lovely. Well, by movies again, I mean not the Bounty Hunter. She's in a lot of movies, though. She I mean, is. Horrible Bosses was like a year ago. Yeah, there's yeah. some other crap in between. I'm sure, but I think Horrible Bosses feels like the first time I had seen her in something that I enjoyed in a while, and that was a that was a small role that was not a normal Jennifer Aniston movie. Mm. Like this is this feels more like. Office space, Jennifer Aniston, you know, uh, which is nice. And they pixelated her boobs. Yeah, well, and, and cut and clearly this. cut that scene out in a way that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, edited yeah, yeah. weird. Like it's like edited they, like you know. Oh, hey, we can't show you this. We've been showing you dick the whole movie, but we can't show you this. And it's, it must be some sort of joke. No, yeah. no, no. It's because they they filmed the scene and then Justin Thoreau had them take it out. Really? Yup. What a douchebag. So <laughs> Michael Fassbender shows his dick and gets an NC-17 rating, but this movie has, you know, almost 30 minutes of <laughs> well, flapping around. Well, I it's because he shows his dick. He's, yeah, he shows his dick with a willingness to fuck, and this guy shows his dick because he doesn't like wearing clothes. 
yeah. and he's trying to you know tell I mean him I, to go. I don't disagree with you that movie should probably not I, I haven't seen shame but it probably shouldn't be PG uh, NC-17 but I'm not saying they should change the rating I'm just saying the distinction either way <laughs> yeah. there's still tons of dick on screen yeah it's it's because you, in this case it, you're supposed to be laughing at the dick not considering the purpose of the dick uh, I guess yeah uh, the MPA is fucked up and it should burn to the ground. And if it ever burns to the ground, you know the person who did it, it's James Hart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Anyways, so yeah, that's about it for Wonderlust. Next week, I think we're seeing the Lorax. Is that correct? I think so. By I haven't way, actually looked at it. Um, if you stay till the end of Wonderlust, you get some bonus stuff. Yeah, yeah you but do. you should just stay to the end of the credits, credits anyway because that's the right thing to do. Yeah, then we can know who the script coordinator is, which I asked Brad, what the fuck does a strip, uh, script coordinator do? Why that one? Like, there's tons of other jobs. I know. Well, just it, out to you? it stood out to me because I've I, I've seen so many credits, but I don't ever remember seeing that job on credits before. How many have you memorized, uh, dude? You should key know. grip, best boy, gaffer, cable layer. Those are the major ones. Okay, cable layer. Um, so yeah, next week is the Lorax. If we don't go see Tim, Tim and Eric's Eric billion dollar movie, uh, we should see Tim and Eric's billion. I'm not seeing Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie. You're not? No. Because Tim and Eric Awesome Show, great Next job. Week, Brad and Ryan will be hosting. Uh... <laughs> Tim and Eric Awesome Show, great job is a bad show. It's all right. The only good thing about it is what when else is there to see next week, James? The Lorex. That's true. Yeah, yeah come on. I mean, I'm going to see the Lorex. And you week. guys, well, I don't know if you guys like Despicable Me. I am the only guy in the world who didn't like Despicable Me. I love Despicable Me. Despicable me. Yeah. So me saying that we should see the Lorax is a big deal. Oh, yeah, this is coming from the guy who made us go see Twilight. I don't know about that. Hey, that was a totally different context. <laughs> no, we're seeing the Lorax. I want to see Lorax. Yeah. I love me some Danny DeVito. And we'll also talk about Tim and Eric's Billion Yeah, because maybe we'll see that, too. Because Ryan and I will see it. If you guys yeah. go next Friday, I will go with you. I th- it might be on demand, too. I think it comes out like video on demand at the same time. Oh, oh man. I've seen it in a theater. <laughs> <laughs> you lazy sack of shit. <laughs> So yeah, wow. we'll see you next week. I am Ryan. Oh, I'm. James. And obviously, I'm by myself in this podcast. No, so no, 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 I'm James. Oh wait, wait, wait! You can like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Real Underscore Nerds. You can download us on iTunes, Real Nerds Podcast. We're the number two movie podcast. <laughs> we right are. Now. I don't know if we still are, but for that day, <laughs> we were. Um, that day, iTunes had a glitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this doing <laughs> up here? Um, you can email us, Real Nerds at gmail dot com. You can also. Read our blog, realnerds.tumblr.com. And this week, we're going to have a special feature where Ryan has written a plot summary for a movie starring Kevin Klein, And that's going to that's just going to lead you in. I'm not going to tell you what it's about. You just have to read. That's not the only treat we get this week. We also get oh, yeah. our 1999. We also recorded oh, yeah. a 1999 podcast earlier this week. And Brad told me he edited in, uh, lines from the movie, like clips from the movies. Oh, cool. So this should be kind of fun. Hopefully Did you get any a... good clips from my number one movie? It was really hard to find clips <laughs> for, for any movies. Uh, oh, really? So I'm I'm really kind of surprised. So I, again, I Brad, I got a decent collection. There's Brad, a lot of good uh, movies on that list. Did a good job with that. Cool, thank you. And it, job, you Brad. should really appreciate the banners Brad puts on our Real Nerds Tumblr account because they're very pretty. Kind of make one for Warner, they look good. Thank you. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye. <laughs> have, a, have have a nice day. Bye. Bye.